did I just see a ghost? Ah, ah, ah. You know the blue people with the uh, tails? Hey, good game, shooter. We transition from to Unreasonable Doubt, a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, starts now. I don't know. I don't. What do you? What do we do with that? Hello, from the studio in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Doubt. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball, part of the Basketball Podcast Network. I am Josh Witt, and this is episode 14, Kansas State. What do you do with that? I mean, no Bruce Weber, Kansas State, missing players because pandemic, missing almost all of their coaches, including Bruce Weber. So you got like an assistant coach and a grad assistant, I think. West Virginia has a full roster, but three guys – Back in the fold, coming out of pandemic, couldn't do basketball activities for a while. Because pandemic, West Virginia before today had one game in 16 days, which is not typically how a basketball schedule works. So I don't know what to do with what I'm seeing, (laughs) I guess is what I'm saying. But what we all saw in that first half, I mean, I don't want to talk about that first half because it's only going to make me mad. (laughs) Let's put West Virginia's first half against Kansas State in the same place that we would put the Marquette second half, the Texas first half, and the Youngstown State first half. So what West Virginia is doing is they're – They've got a stack of terrible halves <laughs> that they're putting together. I don't know where those halves go, but they're building up, and it's not its not something I want to be around wherever those first halves are at or wherever those halves are at because the Marquette game was the second half. It was rough. I mean, and guess what? In that stack of terrible halves – the last three games, we've had a half a basketball that we could put in that pile. So that's not a great trend. One theory I have is that the best player, Taz Sherman, I, I've heard people say that teams take their personality from their coach. And I've also heard people say that a team takes their identity from their best player. So if the best player is Taz Sherman – and Taz Sherman is second half Taz, then the identity of this team is to be better in the second half. And But I don't know if Taz is not good in first halves. He has decent first halves, you know? This was not a decent first half. It was rough. And I was in the Coliseum. I heard that the guys calling the game didn't have an... <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have a video feed to call the game. I'm going to have to go back and check that out. But eight and a half minutes into this game, it was Kansas State Wildcats 23, West Virginia University Mountaineers 6. And 
the only thing that stopped, like this is how bad it was when it was 23-6. The only thing that stopped a 17-2 run by the Wildcats were technical foul shots that came from a Kansas State Wildcat, a seven-foot guy I haven't seen before, dunking on our beloved Polly Polly cap viciously. And then you don't get a technical foul for viciously dunking on somebody. But that guy then mean mugged Polly Polly cap like one extra second too long, got a technical, or who knows how long that run would have went. Like we got saved by a guy <laughs> staring at Polly Polly cap an extra second. So that's the that's the kind of half West Virginia had. And how did Kansas State build that lead? Uh, West Virginia not guarding on ball, like immediately getting blown by. Then the help comes too early. Kansas State makes a right pass and finds an open guy that makes a shot, 23-6. And then Kansas State at some point was synchronizing trying to synchronize they're slapping the full like slapping the floor on defense but they were trying to all do that together which is not a great thing to see it wasn't a movie i wasn't there watching a movie i was watching a basketball game and these guys are so pumped they're trying to slap the floor all together at one time kansas state was making open threes west virginia was getting close shots and missing them they also missed everywhere, missed far shots, missed half range or mid-range shots. A first half to forget. Second half, different story. Gabe made a layup that I still don't understand how he made. It was one of those where he put his shoulder in expecting contact. The contact didn't come. He's prone to do... <laughs> Uh, triple pump fake. He and he's doing all that while he's spinning. Somehow made the layup. Uh, sit down to prepare for this news. Kedrian Johnson, who's been great on defense all season, he scored six straight in the second half for WVU. Sean McNeil made a three in the corner to cut the 13-point halftime deficit, the two. Then they go back and forth with Kansas State. Then Taz does second-half Taz things like he did in the UAB game and others. He made a couple of threes. Sean made a mid-range, and then all of a sudden, West Virginia's up eight. Smooth sailing, right? No. Less than two minutes. Back to a one-score game. And then here's another one. Like, I can't (laughs) – this doesn't sound like – our team, WVU, made six of six from the line in the last few possessions to hold on to beat Kansas State by three. So almost a 50-burger in the second half. Good crowd in the Coliseum today. Definitely got more peppy in the second half when West Virginia made the run. West Virginia played 10 guys, and of those 10, eight had at least a moment in the game. So that's good. That's, 
you know, we're concerned about, hey, Taz can't do everything. Taz did not do everything today. This was a team effort. Lots of guys contributed. Sean McNeil, he had a great shooting day. He matches career high at WVU of 26. A lot of those points came in the second half. I told you Taz hit those big shots back-to-back when West Virginia was trying to build a lead. I told you about the six points in a row from Kedrian Johnson. Speaking of Johnsons, our other Johnson, Kobe Johnson, he hit a couple of, of baskets in a row in the first half. And we had a Kedrian Johnson heat check. And it's great to say that out loud for Kobe Johnson. Did I say Kedrian? It's they're not only are there two Johnsons, they both have a first name to start with K. Kobe Johnson, heat check. It's great to hear that in his freshman season. I like saying that out loud. Now, did he make the heat check three? <laughs> What's the opposite of a make? <laughs> and believe me, it's setting up. He's setting up for a three. It's an open shot. He's made the last two baskets. In the moment, it felt like the right thing to do. Like, you know what? You've deserved your heat check. Go for it. And I would only describe Kobe's three <laughs> the way it ricocheted off the backboard only. Is like you remember when did you play dodgeball? Do kids play dodgeball anymore? Anyways, I remember playing dodgeball, and there'd be at least one person in each dodgeball game that would take a running start at throwing the ball, and not the foam ball, like the like the <laughs> like the rubber ball. Take a running start, like a ten step hop, throw it as hard as they could. And it it would whiz past everybody and hit the back of the <laughs> the back wall in the gym, and so picture that. That's what oh, that's what Kobe Johnson's heat check shot was like. <laughs> I say that with love because he had the opportunity to to put up a heat check three. So Kobe Johnson contributed. Malik Curry. Rough way to end the game. Looked like an ankle injury. Had ice on his ankle. Came back out to watch the rest of the game. But I was getting on the Malik Curry for making empty calorie shots. He made a tough layup in the second half. That Sean McNeil three in the corner was set up by Malik Curry to cut the lead to two. So I like what I saw when it mattered in the comeback from Malik Curry. Jalen Bridges, you would think, like, Jalen Bridges, what did he do? Look at the box score, only two points. And, yes, he did come back down to earth from a from a good performance in a loss against Texas. But he gets the ball late, gets fouled, goes to the line, make two free throws where there, it was chaotic. It was the most chaotic two free throws where he makes one. Then Kansas State calls a timeout that according to the scoreboard that they didn't have. So everybody's like, how can you call a timeout when you don't have one? Then they come back out, and I'm not kidding. The referees 
did one of the referees did not know if Jalen Bridges had shot a free throw yet. Like you could see him putting up the two fingers like we wait up wait guys are we shooting two? One? I don't know. Are you sure? I think he needs to shoot two. No, one? Like the referees couldn't even get how many free throws you need to take right. It was a rough day for the refs, I gotta say. But he made with all those distractions, made the second free throw, made it a three point game. And finally, Gabe Osaboyan, if if Sean didn't have a career high in scoring, Gabe Osaboyan is the MVP of this game for me. I mean, he scored he, the whirling dervish layup. He got 12 rebounds. He took at least four charges. I don't want to over-exaggerate, but he took a ton of charges. It, most of them were in the second half. All of those were key stops. And he's screaming and getting the crowd excited. So eight guys contributed to this win. Team effort. And so I say all that to say, is it great that WVU struggled at home with Kansas State, who's probably bottom of the league? Good team. That's a good team. But they're not – but when everybody's good in the league, somebody's got to be the worst team. And Kansas State, I thought they'd be better this year. They may not. Again, weird circumstances for this game. How can you be fair in assessing what they had? And they're now 0-3 in the Big 12. So is it great they struggled against K-State? Probably not. Did the refs have their best performance today? Obviously not. Am I going to overanalyze any conference wins this season? I might because I like to overanalyze. But today I'm going to say I'm not going to do that. We just need to celebrate when West Virginia – I know this is – It's almost makes me doing a podcast uh, seem like something I should absolutely not do, and that still may be the case, but I'm going to say this. If West Virginia finishes, finishes a game, a conference game, with more points than the other conference opponent this season, then – I shouldn't overanalyze it. Like we just need to celebrate every time they get a win in conference. And they did that today. One and one in the conference. Random thoughts coming up. Hey, hockey fans, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has a no-brainer offer that'll make you a winner once any shot gets past the goalie. New customers bet just $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores. Like the NHL got rid of ties, so somebody's going to score. And if they score, you win $100 in free bets. Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet. No worries. Everybody can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game, and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. 
That's promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Random thoughts for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Typically, I like to say things on this podcast that I know you're not going to believe this, but I try to say things about the game that are based in statistics, like something I can point to or something that I saw specifically and say, like, this is something that keeps happening, right? Like we all know that West Virginia's defense is prone to giving up open threes based on penetration or when they double team uh, on the pick and roll. Like we can point to that and say specifically, sometimes West Virginia doesn't guard pick and roll very well and doesn't stop straight line drives. We can see that. Coach talks about it. Like those are things we all understand. And I, even me, who I don't know what I'm looking at a lot, I understand that. That all to say, does every fan base see banked corner threes? I can't tell you specifically how many times I've seen a banked corner three in a WVU game in the last, let's just say in the last five seasons, but I've seen more than one, (laughs) which is a lot, right? I'm sure. And maybe there's somebody on the internet, somebody on the TikTok that is doing basketball trick shots that has mastered banking corner threes. Some uh, very catchy song in the background, and some lady is making 10 in a row from the corner, banking in each one. And if I saw that on the internet, I'm not on the TikTok. If I was, and they have like a heart system where you can heart a video, I would 100% do that. If that exists, and I and I'm and I'm sure it does, that there are banked corner three specialists on TikTok. That may be a channel. Does TikTok have channels? However, I should not see this many corner threes. Not just watching WVU, but watching basketball. Period. And we watch this game, WVU's up four late in the game. Somehow the 6'9 Kansas State guy gets a good look from the corner. He's got a good-looking shot. The shot before it went up did not look great, and it was funky. He Maybe he didn't expect to be open. Maybe it's crunch time, and he's maybe uh, feeling that. But he, he throws the ball up, and it goes in bank corner three. <laughs> and I don't know about it, wherever you were watching the game, what your reaction was. But, of course, my hands went to my head like, what is happening? And 
saying out loud, he banked that in. <laughs> and that shouldn't happen, right? And to the point of how many banked corner threes, and if this exists, I'm going to look after this podcast to see if somebody's keeping track of this stat. It can't be a stat, right? But I feel like I've seen Sean McNeil make a bank corner three, at least one since he's been at WVU. For sure, I've seen a team WVU playing. Uh, I've seen them make a bank corner three like the dude did today. And you know what? You know how many times I should have seen a bank corner three in any basketball game? I should see that zero times. Zero out of whatever number. Zero out of sideways eight. It shouldn't happen. Why? Geometry. You should never see it because geometry. And yeah, you may come back and say, well, well, Josh, if he banked it, was it, was he in the corner? That was a corner three. Okay. Maybe you can see a little bit of see-through glass, but you're in the corner. And so all I would say is go to the gym and just on purpose, try to bank a corner three from where that guy made his three-point shot. Sneak into the Coliseum. Okay, don't sneak in the Coliseum. Go to a gym, get in the corner, and try to bank it in. And just get back to me. Videotape it. Use your phone, videotape it. Point me to the direction of whoever has mastered this shot. I'm just saying... And it hurt today, but I've seen WVU guys do it way too many. That should happen zero times. And I've seen it more than once, including today. Speaking of things I should never see, I go to the concession stand. Got there early today. Enjoyed being in the Coliseum watching a game. Bought a couple of items. The total was $9.50. Now, I gave the concession worker a crisp Al Hamilton. I'm not bragging. I came with cash today, and I had a crisp Al. I give the worker an Al Hamilton. How many coins do you think I got back? The total is $9.50. I gave him a 10 how many coins do you think I got back? Now, I'm, I'm kind of giving you a hint here since I'm telling you about it. I wouldn't. Now, you would say, Josh, it wouldn't surprise me if you told me how you got your change back on a podcast because you've said more boring things than that in a microphone. And I, I don't want to argue with you there, but I think, <laughs> I think this is podcast worthy. Let's throw pennies out of the equation, all right? Because it can get really weird with pennies. Excluding change, what are the most unexpected ways to receive 50 cents? (laughs) And I've got a list. This is my list of the most unexpected ways to receive 50 cents. Let me give you another spoiler. This is a nickel-heavy list, okay? 
just not expecting nickels. So obviously, I'll go ahead and get this out of the way. I didn't get two quarters back, okay? The fifth most unexpected way to receive 50 cents, one quarter, five nickels. Because you're blowing past the dimes in this equation, so it's unexpected. Number four, one dime and eight nickels. So you're telling me you got a dime, but you only got one dime? And that's a lot of nickels <laughs> to get back 50 cents. Number three, four dimes and two nickels. You don't have one more dime? I mean, yeah, it, we're already in weird territory because we I'm not getting a quarterback. But only four dimes, huh? And then we're doing nickels? Second most unexpected way to receive 50 cents, if somebody just gives you 10 nickels. Just gives you a stack of 10 nickels. That's the second most unexpected way to receive 50 cents. Because what I got today is the most unexpected way to receive 50 cents, which is one coin. One 50 cent piece. That's wild, right? Again, I'm already using cash when in, when in this day and age, it's weird. And it's weird for me. I don't usually carry cash. What's weirder than carrying cash? Carrying a 50 cent piece. And it's legit a coin that you have to carry because it doesn't fit in your pocket. A 50 cent piece. And you know what? Before I get into the issue with having, getting a 50 cent piece, they gave it to me like it was something they do every single day of their life. Just a nonchalant, here's obviously your 50 cents bag. Didn't say, hey, here's a 50 cent piece or, well, look at this. Like, did not draw attention to it, just like a normal transaction. Because, of course, normal transactions involve 50 cent pieces, you know? It happens every day in this country. In this in this country, it's just another human giving another human a 50-cent piece, right? And the size, a size, the size of a 50-cent piece. They had the dog show at halftime throwing Frisbees. Let's say that person ran out of Frisbees. They could throw a 50-cent piece to a dog. And the dog wouldn't know the difference. It's that big. Like, let's say, because really, 50 cent piece not fitting in a, in a vending machine. There's no way. There's not enough room. So you bring it home. You can't spend it. You're kind of bummed that you can't use a 50 cent piece. Somebody's about to put their glass on a table that you don't want to ring on. You throw that 50 cent piece down. It works as a coaster, right? Let's say one of the things I got at the concession stand was a soft pretzel. And I need a plate. Guess what fits perfectly on a 50 cent piece? A gigantic soft pretzel. Let's say I was walking away from the Coliseum and saw an open manhole. And I had a and I was holding a 50-cent piece, crisis solved. 
just drop that 50 cent piece on the manhole, it fits like a glove. I mean, hey, what's what's the what there is the 50 cent piece, the craziest coin? One could argue the dollar coin. But in my lifetime, I've put a dollar coin into a vending machine. I have never attempted to squeeze a 50 cent piece to get into a machine to get a Snickers bar. If you've done that, let me know. I've never tried to attempt that. I mean, you would have to like, does it fit? Can you fold a 50 cent piece into a vending machine? Let's be let's all be honest here. If Curtis Jackson didn't go by the name 50 cent, would a 50 cent piece be in circulation? I mean, one man single-handedly kept these things in rotation so that I could get one at the Coliseum today. All right, but listen, I'm not at a casino in the 70s, okay? I'm not at a coin collector event. (laughs) Nobody has a pocket that big. Just, uh, I guess what I'm saying is don't give me a 50 cent piece. (laughs) And if we can't do that, if you're going to give me a 50 cent piece and when you're getting it out of the register and putting it in front of your face, I can't see your face. At least say, well, this is a special day. Here's a 50 cent piece. You got to say, you got to say something about it. And it struck me so odd and, and it's, stri- it's still striking me odd as I'm recording this. It, but in the moment, I'm shell shocked. <laughs> I mean, I'm an insane person watching a basketball game, so I'm already letting you know that uh, my emotions can change on weird things and the and the smallest of things. But in the moment after the after the initial shock wore off, I wanted to go back into the concession line, get eight dollars worth of refreshments. Pay with another crisp alley hammy. Throw down another 10 spot. And then I wanted to close my eyes, hold my hand out, and feel a crisp $2 bill land in the palm of my hand. If that would have happened, then, uh, I mean, I I don't know. I, I guess when things like that happen, one would say, like, go play the lottery. I would want to uh I would want to finalize my will. Final thoughts coming up. Interact with the show. That just means interact with me on social media. On Twitter at I'm Josh Witt. On Instagram at Unreasonable Doubt WV. On the Facebook at Unreasonable Doubt WV, or just type it in the search bar. Interact!
Final thoughts of this episode of Unreasonable Down, the next game, barring pandemic. Pandemic can always happen. If that doesn't affect proceedings, then the next game will be Tuesday, January 11th, 9 p.m., ESPNU. Another game in the Coliseum versus the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Now, you look at Oklahoma State record and you say, hey, they're struggling, right? Five losses. They've won eight games. Two of those wins were overtime wins against Oral Roberts and Cleveland State. So not the best resume. I would argue they haven't had a bad loss. Like one that you look at like, ooh, that's a rough one. Today, the Oklahoma State Cowboys beat Texas. You remember Texas, the team that thumped WVU last weekend. Oklahoma State just beat Texas by double digits. And then the guy that coaches Oklahoma State, Boynton, he's 3-1 and one in Morgantown. And so add all that up, and it's going to be a tough one, like every game in the Big 12 is. I'm not looking forward to <laughs> – I mean, I always want to watch WVU play, but uh, Oklahoma State in Morgantown the last few seasons, not a good combination. So I hope they play the game. Let's see what happens. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, Google Podcasts, CastBox. Rate it five stars, right? Whether you're on Apple Podcasts or on Spotify, hit the five star. I think that helps this podcast. Until next time, I'm Josh Witt. This has been Unreasonable Down. WVU for the 2021-2022 season, they're 12-2. and two.